by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. My question today is, are you under the law or are you under grace? We hear that term under the law all the time. And uh, I probably could do about 12 messages on what it means. The Bible says plenty about what it means to be under the law. But I'm going to sum it up like this. It's, can you cut me down just a little bit? I'm just ringing here. Your relationship with God based on your ability to be a good person is what I would say being under the law is. Did you hear what I said? Let me slow that down. In other words, your relationship with God is based on your ability to be a good person. If you feel like, oh, I've messed up this week, I drank, I cussed, I smoked, I, whatever it is that's against God's law, and you believe that if that is separating and that is keeping God from loving you, then you're under the old covenant. You're under the law. Does that make sense? I'm trying to just make that simple and get it out of, get out of the way because Galatians says the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law was just simply there to help us realize that we can't be good people. It was there to condemn us so that we would look for salvation somewhere else besides self. Because, man, there's something about pride. We just think, I, I can be good enough. I'll do better next time. Watch how good I am. But the law constantly showed us that we can't be good enough. Y'all feel like that sometimes? And then, we, have, of course, we have the devil to, yeah, you ain't good enough. <laughs> In a million different ways, through media and everything else, he's trying to show us that we failed, we're not good enough, we will never make it. No wonder we go around feeling bad about ourselves and, and not living in freedom. The law condemns us, and the devil wants us to stay under the law. But I got much to say about that today. I told you a couple of weeks ago that uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, and there were some three words ringing around in my spirit. I kept hearing, just be free. Just be free. Uh, well, you know, you could take that many ways, I guess. But all that was, the turmoil that was going on on the inside of me, I kind of knew what he meant. And I was like, I can't just be free. I mean, if I'm just, if I'm just free, I don't put weight on myself. If I don't keep myself in line, if I don't get mad at myself, if I don't feel guilty, all the time, then I won't act right. But you know what? When I talk to you, I preach a different message. I say, you know, if, if you confess your sins, he forgives you. 
He throws your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He don't remember them anymore. You just trust. You just, by faith, you receive your forgiveness and you move on. You don't carry that baggage with you. God doesn't want you dragging around all these hurts and, and shame and condemnation. That's what I tell you. But when God told me, just be free, I was like, it doesn't seem possible. <laughs> you know, I can say a lot of stuff up here and we'll say amen all day long. But if we, until we take those masks down and we get real with the emotions that's going on inside of us and the person that we are on the inside, we'll just keep on keeping on. Down a path of destruction. I wish you would open your mind today. I wish you would let God touch your heart, what I'm about to tell you today. I preach it about being free, but can I do it? You say amen, but are you doing it? Are you really free? Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. You have a church in Galatia where Paul went through and he, he preached the gospel. He told them about Jesus dying for their sins and resurrecting for their salvation. And they, by faith... Received the message. They said, by faith, I received Jesus Christ. And they were forgiven of their sins. They were what we call saved. But, like many of us, over time, they start throwing in the law. Well, we do have to do this. We do have to do that. We have to, we have to get circumcised. We have to obey the Jewish customs and the traditions. Or else we're not good Christians. And this is what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 3 in his letter to them. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Wow. That's it. What, what is that when you believe that way? When you go back under the law after you've been set free? That's evil. That's an evil way of thinking. Jesus didn't come to set the captives free so that we can go right back under the Old Testament. Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you one question. <laughs> this, is, this is a question we need to ask ourselves. Did we receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Because of faith, not because of works. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? You were all excited that I'm forgiven. And then you put yourself right back in bondage. Doesn't make sense. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? What made you perfect in God's eyes? The blood of Jesus. 
And that's the only thing that could have done it. The sinless, spotless blood of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has resurrected us and given us His Holy Spirit. And now we're going to go back to where we were before, back into bondage. What does 2 Corinthians 5, what, 21 say? We were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We were made right with God because of our faith and our relationship with Him, not because of our good works. Wouldn't it be a shame if Jesus came and raised Lazarus from the dead? He came to that tomb where Lazarus had been dead four days. He said, come forth, Lazarus. Come on out, buddy. And Lazarus came back alive, and he had all these grave clothes. He came to the front of the tomb. He looked out. He said, I'm alive. But if it's all right with you, I'm just going to stay in here. I'm going to live in the tomb. I'm alive, but I'm going to live in the tomb. I'm going to keep these grave clothes on, this this." Law that brought death to me. I'm going to stay under these. No, Jesus says, unwrap him and let him go. And I'm here today to unwrap you and let you go. Come out of that tomb. Jesus went across the lake to meet with the demoniac in the tomb. The man's filled with demons, and Jesus cast the demons out of the man, and he's free. What's he going to say? Jesus, thank you for that, but I'm going to go ahead and stay naked and live in the tombs and howl at the moon because that's what I, I'm used to. makes me feel better about myself. No, it don't. Come out from the tombs and be free. That's God's intention for me and for you that we come out from under the law that he set us free from. Come out from bondage to to self-performance. Oh, if you could have been so good, then you must have been able to save yourself. No, you came to the end of yourself. And you need to stay at the end of yourself. (laughs) oh yeah come out of the bondage to self-performance Romans 14 7 talking about the life of a Christian says for the kingdom of God God's way of doing things is not a matter of what we eat or drink our do's and our don'ts but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit that's what I choose when the devil tries to put it back on me and tell me, oh, you messed up again. There you go again. Pointing at me and my self-performance. I'm going to say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost goodness and power and, and peace. I'm going to walk in the power of the Lord, which is the joy of the Lord. I'm free. I tell you, since I've been meditating on this, I tell you, I can't count the times that the devil has come to me and tried to put me under the, the, the yoke of bondage again, and I said, nope, I'm just free. I, I'm just free. 
I'm just free, and I'm learning to just be free, and I want you to learn to just be free. You say, but if I'm free, man, I'm going to get myself in trouble. It's like a license to sin. No, when you're just free, then you don't want to be in bondage anymore. When you taste freedom, you ain't going back. That's how you truly get set free. Woo! That's how you truly get set free. When you get a taste of God's goodness. Goodness and peace and joy. That's my kind of life. I want a little bit of that. I want a lot of bit of that. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God. And others will approve of you too because we're tired of you mully grubbing around. We're tired of you complaining about how terrible you are. God's not happy. He's not pleased with us looking at ourselves. It says keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Man, when we do that, it pleases God. This kind of attitude that we're going to walk in the joy. I don't care if it hair lips the devil. We're going to walk in the peace. I don't care what the devil says. Man, I'm going to be free. Joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the way Jesus walked. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head half the time. I didn't see him worry about nothing. We just watched the, the video on Peter, and I was thinking about Peter. You know, Peter was always trying to impress Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Watch this. Hey, Jesus, look at me. I love you more than they do. Man, I'll be with you to the end. Them guys, you don't even, what are you even going to do with that John fella? You know, it was all, he was trying to impress Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to put the focus on him. But you know what? A good example of how, where that leads is when Jesus said, get out of the boat, Peter. And he had his eyes on Jesus, and he stepped out of the boat, and he stepped on that water and started walking. A human being was walking on the water. But then, the wind and the waves caught his attention. He looked away from Jesus, got his eyes back on himself, and boom, right under he went. We are not going to live above the water. We're not going to live above and not below unless we keep our eyes on Jesus and not our own performance. We keep our eyes on Him. We see ourselves in Him. Whatever we focus on, we become. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Stop looking at yourself. Now you say, but pastor, I know that sounds good, but it ain't like I don't sin. You know, like sin isn't a reality since, since we're all saved. You know, we got our halos on at church and everything, but the reality is there's reasons I feel bad. Even the Apostle Paul in Romans 7 said, the thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, that's the thing I do. Well, who shall save me from this body of death? I got a body of death here. I got a sin nature. 
I'm a walking clown. I don't even like myself. But he said, oh, but, but Lord Jesus will. That's how I overcome sin. It's not being sin conscience, but being Jesus conscience. <laughs> Keeping my eyes on the prize, not on the obstacle. That's why we got 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and living, not living in the truth. So let's, uh, let's all be honest. If you can't get honest that you have sin, then you got to, I need to start way back from here. Okay? It says, but if we confess our sins, that's what you do with sin. Not hold on to it and love it and pet it. You confess it and you get rid of it. If you confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. How much unrighteousness? How much? How many times will he do it in a day? Every time. Every time. You say, man, this sure sounds like a license to sin, but I'm telling you, you don't need a license to sin. You've been doing it all these years without a license. What I'm trying to tell you is the way to get out of sin is to see yourself differently. To see yourself in Christ Jesus. The, the easy answer would be, hey, let's just all stop sinning. Let's walk in the Spirit and we won't ever sin again. And we can. And we should strive to. I'm not saying just let yourself go. I'm saying walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the, the lust of the flesh. Yes, seek to walk in the Spirit, but those moments that you wake up and you forget <laughs> is what I'm talking about. I want you to remember this. The sins that we'll commit tomorrow are just as forgiven as the sins that our salvation were. You remember when you asked Jesus to forgive you and he did? And how free you felt? How the weight of sin was taken off of your shoulders? Well, the sin that you hadn't committed yet and that you'll commit tomorrow, that was part of that same package because when Jesus said, it is finished, and he meant sin, it was finished. And 2 Corinthians says he's not up there holding our sins against us. Sin is not the issue anymore. Sin has been dealt with. The wrath of sin has been paid for by Jesus Christ. And he wants us to get a proper understanding of our righteousness. That means our right standing with God. Our, our relationship. Our relationship is not based on our works. Our relationship is based on grace. Grace is undeserved favor from God. You don't deserve it, but you better receive it. You better just go on and take a hold of it. <laughs> He's not going to give up on us now. I mean, are you a worse sinner than you were before you got saved? Even if you are, he's still not giving up on you. When he went to the cross, he already knew where you'd be right now. He knew what you'd do in your life. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, you understand. He's not surprised at your struggling. 
that you're struggling. Galatians 5.1 says, so Christ has truly set us free. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, just be free. Kaylee, just be free. Because Christ has truly set us free. Is that written in the Word of God? Maybe that's why he could tell me, just be free. Because Christ has truly set us free. And it says, now make sure that you stay free. Now, who's, who's the onus on that? Who's he saying that is supposed to make sure of that? You. Make sure that you stay free. So it's our responsibility when we feel the devil speaking to us and trying to get us under condemnation again to try to put us back into shame and guilt and all those things for us to say, well, wait a minute. It's my responsibility to stay free because Christ has set me free. Amen? Amen? Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. That's not our cross to bear. It was Jesus' cross to bear. You remember Jacob? I talked about him and how somebody called me Jacob. and said I, The Lord said I was like Jacob. and I wasn't so thrilled about that and all, but... Because Jacob's name means swindler, and he was a swindler, and he, he was making his way through life the best he knew how. He, he would do anything to get ahead, right? What was he doing? He, he was seeking to build his kingdom. I'm going to steal my brother's birthright. I'm going to get these sheep over here. I'm going to connive my way over here. I'm going to build my kingdom. And see, you can't serve both God and mammon. you you got to get your eyes on Jesus. you got to... You can't be free when you're tied down to this world. Jesus is the anchor of your soul, but we're anchoring our soul to this old dirt called earth. To the things of this life. How'd that end up for Jacob? Man, he got connived out of everything. He, he ran into some bigger swindlers than he was. He couldn't, he said, I'm going home. It's time to come home. It's time to hold on, wrestle with God, and hold on and say, I'm not letting go till you bless me. It's time to say, I, I can't do that old life no more. I got to be free. Say, just be free. Our focus is this, Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else. The kingdom of God is God's ways and his ways of doing things. Where his rule reigns. Where his will is done. That's the kingdom of God. Seek it. Seek God's will. Above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. It's called a life of faith. Have you set out on that journey? Do you even ask God what you should do? Or you just make your own plans and hope God's blessing them? So don't worry about tomorrow. You see, when you're anchored to this earth, you're worried because you're sitting on the throne and you're responsible for everything. But he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Miss Brenda sang it prayer Tuesday night. 
One day at a time, sweet Jesus. You remember that, Miss Brenda? It's all I'm asking from you. Man, that is the life of freedom. Not worrying about how the bills are going to be paid at the end of the month. Not worried if I'm going to have a job at the end of this quarter. Not worrying how I'm going to afford to retire. Not worrying about this and what's going to happen with my 401k. We bring in tomorrow's worries, heaping them all up on ourselves. Almost everything that I find myself being overwhelmed with, every time I have a, what do you call it, a breakdown? What do you call it when you, huh? No, when you're having a meltdown, when you're, when you're, everything, nervous breakdown, but panic attack. That's what I was looking for. When you're having a panic attack, that's because you're bringing in tomorrow's worries into today. I can be, I can be doing good yesterday, wake up today, ain't nothing changed since yesterday, but today I start thinking. Stinking thinking about all the things that could go wrong. And I start bringing worries that don't even belong to me into my life. And I start to feel this panic coming. Worry. Anxiety. And we talked last week about stress being the killer. Wears us out. I, I can't do it no more. I, I just got to be free. Say, just be free. I'm going to show you what freedom is written down. You want to see what freedom looks like written down? Turn to Philippians 4, verse 6, verse 7. Don't worry about anything. Oh, I could never do that. I mean, that's my job. I'm a mama. That's my job. I mean, if I don't worry, well, who about worrying can do anything? Well, what do you think you're trying to accomplish here? It, you know, you'd be better off trying to do something in the flesh than just sit and worry. And neither one of them is going to help you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. When you begin to thank him for all he's done in the past, those worries will slip off you and say, I, I know in whom I have believed. You'll be sitting up there with so much confidence. Devil, you need to get up off me. You know what happened last time. You messed with me. You know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, if God be for me, who can be against me? Come on, you better get up out of here. Worry, you better get off me. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Tell God what you need. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already promised us everything. He'll meet all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So don't worry. Tell him what you need. Then you will experience God's peace. Which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, our thing is to be in Christ Jesus. Our lives should be lived in such a way that we position ourselves to always be in Christ Jesus because all the promises of God are yes and all the promises of God are amen in Christ Jesus. He is the answer. That's our one thing is to live in Christ Jesus.
That is where perfect peace is found. That is where joy in the Holy Ghost is found. That is where you can just be free in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, For the Lord is the Spirit. And that's a capital S. Now you know the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one. I don't know how that works, but the Holy Spirit is Jesus' Spirit. He's God. Jesus said, me and the Father are one. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. They're one. Don't argue with me about it. I can't explain it. But the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you feel free today? Because the Spirit of the Lord is here. When you go out there and you go get in the lunch line and somebody cuts, there ain't going to be as much spirit of the Lord in them as it is in the person sitting next to you. But it can be in you. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We need to be demonstrating to this world how freedom looks. What freedom looks like. So all of us who have had that veil removed. Now what he's talking about, he's talking about an improper relationship, an improper understanding of the law and grace. In this passage of scripture, I ain't got time to go back to it, but you can read it for yourself. He's talking about people not understanding the difference between under the law and under grace. But he says when you, when that veil is removed that's keeping you seeing like a chicken pecking in the dirt, you can only see the dirt in front of you. When you have that veil removed, you can see and reflect the glory of the Lord because you look up. You look up from where your salvation is going to come. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image. And that's what we're supposed to be from glory to glory. Freedom to freedom. Joy to joy, peace to peace, life to life, more and more abundantly. Life and life more and more abundantly. Life and life more and more and more and more and more abundantly. As you seek the Lord Jesus with your whole heart, and you stay in Christ, and that Spirit sets you free from the weights, the cares of this life. Galatians 2.19. Paul's still writing to those knuckleheads in Galatia. He said, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. When I focused on my righteousness and my ability to be such a good person, it showed me I wasn't a good person. That's what the law was here to do. Our schoolmaster to show us we ain't good people. It was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ where the Spirit of the Lord is. It condemned me. So, I, so you know what I did? I died to the law. That's what happened when you were buried in baptism. You died to self and the law that held you under. And you were resurrected anew. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. There's a new life that I'm trying to tell you about. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You see, that's a new way. No longer I, 
It's not about me. Hey, Peter saying, hey, look at me, Jesus. No, it ain't about you, Peter. It's about me and you. It ain't about you, Joe. It's about Christ in you. When you realize that Christ is in you, you realize you're not that old dead man anymore. You don't have to do what that old dead man used to do. You're set free. You're resurrected into a new life. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 mm. I've stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. What freedom. Get up in the morning and say, Jesus, what would you have me do? My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If he gave himself for me, I think he loves me. I think I can trust him. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. And that's what we do. God is saying, here, take this gift of life. And we're saying, well, here, let me give you $2 for it. That's insulting to grace for you to try to earn what he's trying to give. It ceases to be grace when you pay for it. And you can't pay for this grace. You got to receive it. You got to humble yourself. That's the thing. Our pride makes us not want to receive it. I do not trace, treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could have made us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. If you were just such a good old person, then Jesus didn't even need to die on the cross. You was going to get to heaven on your own. I don't even know if your halo would have fit through the gates of heaven. <laughs> I struggled with, uh, should I let you listen to this song because I, I listened to a song this week. I found it. I don't know where God just gave it to me. I guess I was listening to worship and, and it just, it stabbed me in the heart. Just tore me up because God was, it felt like he was talking directly to me. It's a, it's a song where this guy, he, he's pouring out his heart to God. It's called Dear God. And then the Lord turns around and tells him his point of view. And man, I just squalled like a baby. I said, man, I've been so tenderhearted lately. And I, I wanted to correct something. Last week I said I, I didn't cry when my brother died. I did cry when my brother died. I didn't cry at his funeral. That's what I meant to say. But I, I said, man, I don't know. It's, it's going to ruin the vibe of the, the service if we stop and listen to a three-minute song or whatever. I was, I was wondering, should we do it? And Kept, kept being on my heart, and so I got here this morning, tried to load it, and the very file that I tried to load onto the computer corrupted the computer and made me have to redo the whole thing, all the, the, the power, overhead stuff, PowerPoint stuff. And then I tried to pull it up on the computer and listen to it on the computer, and the YouTube files of it was corrupted. And I said, well, maybe God don't want me to 
let them listen to this. And then I said, maybe the devil don't want me to let them listen to this. I said, if I know it touched me like it did, I know I'm not the only one that struggles with what we've been talking about today. I know we all do to some degree. And so I said, I'm going to let them listen to it. What I want you to do is I want you to listen to the lyrics, of course. And I want you to listen because there's an answer in it. It's the answer that I'm trying to get to through all this talking I've been doing. The answer for your freedom is in this song. Could you play it? I've been trying Dear God I've been trying awful hard To make you proud of me But it seems The harder that I try Oh, the harder it becomes and I feel like giving up most of the time. Dear God, I've been chasing their approval and it's killing me. And I know show and I'm stuck inside my head most of the time but if I pray a little harder if I follow all the rules I wonder could I ever be in love cause I try Should lean into the mystery. Maybe hope is found in the melody. So I wanna try again. Oh, I'm gonna try again. Dear child, I hope you know how much I love you and I'm proud of you. Every how 
I'll just fall into the mystery. I'll meet you in the melody. Try just to try again. My child, would you try again? My child, you can love again. The answer, my friend, is not blowing in the wind. The answer is to meet him in the melody. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.